Before we get into it, a quick message about VT Digger's Spring Fun Drive. Sam Hooper. Hey, Sam. This is Mike Doherty from VT Digger. How you doing? Good. How are you, Mike? Sam Hooper runs Vermont Glove in Randolph. And when the coronavirus outbreak hit, Sam changed his operation from making gloves to making face masks. I was adamant about, like, we're keeping everybody on payroll. we got to do whatever it takes to keep the you know business afloat. Then there was also just the significant need out there. And we felt like if we have the ability to retool and play a role here, then we should. This month, we've been partnering up on a campaign to donate 3,000 masks to local hospitals. For every person who gives to VT Digger at any amount, Sam and his team donate a mask. We've gotten awesome feedback. I mean, I just got a letter in the mail today from Rutland Regional Medical Center, you know, just profusely thanking us. Central Vermont Medical said thank you. Brattleboro was grateful. Gifford. Our campaign ends April 30th. You can still support our reporting and help local healthcare workers by heading to vtdigger.org slash donate. I know we really appreciate you working with us on this campaign, and uh, thanks for giving me the rundown. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Talk to you later. Bye. From VT Digger, I'm Mike Doherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, the Scott administration has loosened restrictions on some workplaces for the second week in a row as part of a plan to slowly reopen Vermont's economy. Now, public health officials are getting a second chance to try a containment strategy that wasn't possible the first time around. Good morning, everyone. At a press conference on April 8th, Governor Phil Scott signaled that he would be extending Vermont's stay-home order, but that the administration was also planning for how the state could reopen. This may get harder before it gets easier. But as soon as the data shows a leveling and downward trend, then and only then will we open the spigot a quarter turn at a time to get folks back to work in a way that's responsible and safe. It was the debut of a metaphor we've been hearing a lot since then. And just as soon as we possibly can, working closely with public health experts, we'll open up the economic spigot a quarter term at a time. And again, as I said the other day, there's no one who wants to open up uh, the economic spigot more than me. Um, so uh, but if we have a false start, if all of a sudden we, we open up the, the spigot and uh, people go back to work and then all of a sudden everything spikes and gets out of control and we have to, uh, to take and, and shut the spigot off again, uh, that's, uh, there's going to be a lack of confidence in, in government. And, Now that spigot is opening, last week Scott announced that two-person crews at some businesses could go back to work. As of this week, certain businesses can staff up to five people, and other changes might be on the horizon. Scott says these decisions are based on the data that shows the spread of the virus in Vermont leveling off. But in order to maintain that progress, public health officials will need a lot more data. And right now they're figuring out how they're going to get it. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Our healthcare reporter, Katie Jickling, has more. So Vermont has peaked in the number of coronavirus cases statewide. And right now, it's a time where the state government as a whole and, and the governor is changing their strategy and thinking about the long term. Like, how do we bring down the number of cases long term 
And how do we prepare for the future so that we don't see another uptick in the number of cases and so that we can start to safely reopen the economy? And so that's something that the state is thinking about broadly. Testing is an important part of that because as that happens, we need to know who has the virus, how it's spreading, and how many people have already had it and become immune. Got it. Can you hear me? I can indeed. Thanks for talking. How are you? Good. Um, Staying busy. Busy. <laughs> yes, indeed. So I appreciate what it. exactly um, were you looking to I find out from our health commissioner, Mark Levine? Well, around the country, we're hearing that a lot of states really don't have enough tests. They're asking the federal government for more testing materials and for more uh, capacity to be able to process those tests. Some states are saying that they don't have enough personal protective gear that they need to conduct those tests. And Vermont really isn't in that situation at all. Hmm. In fact, the state has about four times more tests than they are running. So we are running about 500 tests a day on average, and we could be running as many as about 2,100 tests. Wow. So that's a big discrepancy. And our, our big question for Dr. Levine was, why? Why aren't we using these tests? And what is the strategy that has led us to have so many extras? If testing is pretty much determined by outbreaks in facilities or by people like you and I who might develop symptoms and call our doctor and say, gee, I think I might have something, and the doctor would say, let's test you, you can see that we've reached a point in time where there aren't that many complaints. Mm -hmm. And indeed, I was on a phone call today with the Vermont Medical Society because I hold a call every week and they have you know, 100, 150 physicians on the line at the same time. And no matter where they were in the state, they all said that there was a dramatic drop in phone calls about illnesses, people they were seeing for these illnesses. Uh, they were reducing their testing uh, facility times in half because people just weren't needing to, to come use them. And there was even a pediatrician who said he hadn't heard from a mother about a febrile infant in a month. And those kinds of diseases just had stopped happening. If I could be so bold, I would certainly say that a lot of what's happened with stay home, stay safe, social distancing, masking, all of that, those interventions have reduced the level of COVID illness in the population. So that explains why lately we've had less tests per day, because there's less going on out there. Why aren't we using all those tests? There are a few reasons. First, having that number of tests is a relatively new thing. In March, we didn't have enough tests. The state did everything they could to try to get more. Governor Phil Scott called Vice President Mike Pence to try to ask for more tests. They, the state enlisted a private pilot to fly test samples to Minnesota so that we could run them. Wow. They asked the state police to drive the test samples down to a lab in Massachusetts so we could run the tests. They really were employing every possible uh, resource and part of state government to get as many tests as possible and then to be able to run those tests. And now we're at the point that we have a lot. 
We can test at UVM Medical Center. Previously, we could only run the tests at the Department of Health, or we can also test at a lab in Boston that's run by MIT and Harvard. So now that we're at this point, things are changing for the Department of Health, and they are re-looking at the testing strategy. Because we've reached a point where we actually have succeeded in reducing, you know, flattening that curve. Now going forward, it's going to be important as we enter a period of suppression of the virus to really try to do containment anytime outbreaks erupt, whether it be in a community, whether it be in a long-term care facility or what have you. To that point, how does the reopening of the economy change that testing approach? I don't think it changed it at all. Because, uh, you know, one, it, it, it's like a chicken and egg thing. One, one begets the other. So you, you couldn't get to the reopening of Vermont unless all the strategies to date had worked. And now that they've worked, and there is a period where we hope we can view it as very low-level activity or suppression of the virus, containment is an ideal strategy to, to um, really move forward with which means testing whenever you uh, have the opportunity to you know, help in terms of disrupting an outbreak, finding it quickly, ascertaining it's COVID, and going through that cycle again of test, isolate, contact trace, and quarantine. So far, Commissioner Levine has said that what we want to do is we want to test everybody who has symptoms of the virus. That includes people who feel sick and then call the doctor, come into the doctor and sort of are referred to get a test and are then approved by the health department. Mm -hmm. It does not include people who, you know, maybe were exposed to the virus but don't have symptoms. It doesn't include sort of frontline workers such as you know, cashiers or pharmacy workers that have been prioritized in other places or, or countries. And it doesn't include sort of regular testing, random testing of the population and people without symptoms. So we can get a sense of what proportion of the population maybe has the coronavirus, but isn't showing symptoms of the disease. Right. And we've heard a lot about how even asymptomatic people can spread this. So if we have that testing capacity, why wouldn't we use it for those things? So we basically don't know about how many people might get the coronavirus but not show symptoms. Hmm. We heard recently that 60% of the people who tested positive for COVID-19 on the U.S. aircraft carrier Theodore Roosevelt didn't show any symptoms. So there's a chance that a very significant percentage of the population has gotten this disease and just never knew it. The challenge comes when you decide who to test and how many people, because it takes a significant number of resources to be able to test enough people without symptoms that you're getting a big enough sample size to have a good sense of the spread of the virus. Bottom line is, we, you know, there, there are strategies that involve testing asymptomatic people. They work really well early in an epidemic. So you could sort of say, do that now when we think we've suppressed the disease and find any remnants of it. That would involve, you know, testing a lot of Vermonters. 
and that would be very challenging, but could be done, I suppose, as opposed to waiting for some of them to become symptomatic. And the other thing is, once you're tested, you could come in contact with someone and contract the virus in 10 minutes or just after you are tested. And then you would need to be tested again. And so I think it's difficult for the Department of Health to have a clear strategy on how many people to test and whether it's worthwhile. Sure, you can test, but then you'd have to keep repeatedly testing the same people to find out if they were going to be positive. Or you could just uh, have a quarantine in place because that's what we do in public health for those kinds of people. What do we know about how these strategies have worked or not worked in other places? And is that informing the decisions that Dr. Levine and his team are making here? One thing that's particularly notable about Vermont is that it does have so many tests, many more than other places, And that's partly because our population is so small. So Vermont is in the minority in the U.S. in terms of places that have excess capacity of tests. Mm. So really, it's it's not that comparable to other places in the U.S. It is worthwhile to look at other countries. Um, We've seen places around the world... Iceland, for instance, has not shut down its economy and has instead taken a very aggressive approach to testing its population. They, uh, I think, had tested about 5% of their population recently and were hoping, and some um, it's been reported, that they want to test everyone about their population of 364,000 people. Um, That certainly would not be possible in Vermont or anywhere in the U.S., Mm -hmm. South Korea has also took a very aggressive approach in testing. They basically identified everybody who had had the virus and contacted everyone who had come in contact with the people who were infected and then tested all of them. And that really halted the spread of the virus across the country. Vermont's in a really different situation than South Korea because the virus has already spread. And so that approach is less effective at this point in the disease. Like that would have been a wonderful strategy for us to use back in early March. Too bad we didn't have testing. (laughs) 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 But social distancing is a uh, sound strategy. Avoiding mass gatherings is a sound strategy. Closing workplaces and having people telework is a sound strategy. And then, of course, closing schools. But all of these things are a package, but they are all timed. So there's a a too early time to do them, and there's a why did you wait so long time to do them. And every decision we've made along the way, we've had equal sets of praise and criticism along those lines. So, you know, you want to be on the right part of the ascending curve, if you will, when you start implementing these things. Not too early, but not too late, uh, if you're going to have this impact on flattening that curve. And then you need to um, be courageous enough to do, do everything uh, and not just sort of, you know, do a one, one or two things thinking, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, you need to actually make it a package, if you will, a suite of initiatives, because that's what it takes. We w- would use widespread testing for a very specific purpose, and that is knowing who is being infected and how the disease is spreading. And 
it's a different stage of public health response than they did in South Korea, where they're mainly just trying to stop the spread of the disease in a population that hasn't come in contact with it. Hmm. Now it's more preventive in the future. Yeah, well, you know, the biggest question in testing is, you know, do you just test a whole bunch of people who have no symptoms or not? And then what do you do with that information? You know, that's a huge challenge for any state because you can't just test a little here, test a little there. You need to sort of have a strategy that samples enough of the population that you're getting an accurate look at that. Most places haven't been able to get even close to that because they could barely test the people who had symptoms, never mind the people who are out there without symptoms. So I think that's a real challenge. And that's the thing we've debated forever because they have to then decide what are you going to do with the information. And you just haven't found a way to use that? Because it seems like Vermont has the tests and the capacity to be able to do that and a small population to potentially get a significant sample size. I think so. But, you know, then, then you have to have issues of equity, like, well, did you test one community and not another community? Or did you test a certain number of people in each community? Or it, You have to really think it through very clearly in a population, again, that might not want to be tested. If you have no symptoms, why would you want to be tested? You know, you may just want to know if you've got the virus or not. But at the same time, in a state like ours, where the, cra- the curve I've shared with you gets as low as it gets, I'm not sure it helps at that point. You know, it probably helped way back on the left side of the graph more than it would help now. So what does that look like going forward? What does Dr. Levine say about what he thinks the next several months look like under this strategy that he's laid out? The state is rolling out a new testing plan, which they plan to unveil next week. That plan will include a new testing approach. Dr. Levine announced on Monday that pediatricians could start testing kids and teens with flu-like symptoms, Hmm. um, a group that wasn't previously being tested. He also wants to start doing antibody testing, which is a different kind of test to identify not just people who have the virus now, but people who have already recovered from it and are now immune. So he hopes by May or June, we'll have enough of those antibody tests, or also, which are also called serologic tests, to be able to test up to 10% of Vermonters to see if they've already contracted the virus. Wow. That plan will also, or it, it could include testing healthcare workers more regularly or testing frontline workers such as pharmacy workers or cashiers or postal workers. And then there's also the option that Vermont could start testing people in congregate workplaces, such as manufacturing facilities or factories where you have a lot of people working together at the same time. And that would start to allow some of those people to come back to work and to, at the same time, to track the spread of the disease. Got it. I know there's a lot of pressure on the state generally to try and get as many people back to work as possible. I know the governor said over and over again that, you know, nobody wants to to get people back to work more than me. How big a factor is this component of it? You know, how big a deal 
is the testing strategy to that ability to open things back up? I think that's the fundamental question. And I think this virus is so new that different experts and public health officials disagree on that point. Certainly, as you start to open up the economy, people will be walking around more. They'll be going back to work potentially. They will be infecting other people more quickly and easily. So testing can be a really key way to know who has the disease and to stop those outbreaks immediately. So far, Governor Scott has really focused on keeping people home, keeping people from getting the disease in the first place. And that has been very effective. Vermonters have stayed home and they really have flattened the curve. So I think the question remains to what degree you can continue to halt or slow the spread of the disease while still starting to open up the economy. Yeah. And I think we just don't know yet. Got it. That's the balance of how much do we want to invest in this testing that yields some good information and some useless information. But it also could be potentially life-saving in preventing a second peak. Got it. Thanks, Katie. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. See ya. You can find our full report on the state's evolving testing strategy by Katie Jickling and Elizabeth Kribkoff at vtdigger.org. And find all of our coronavirus coverage in one place at vtdigger.org slash coronavirus. While you're there, check out our new COVID-19 knowledge base. It collects all the most frequently asked questions that you, our readers and listeners, have sent in and all the answers that we've been able to find. And like we said up top, you can head to vtdigger.org donate to help support our coronavirus coverage and to help Sam over at Vermont Glove donate more masks to local hospitals. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We use music this week by Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. Have a nice weekend.